Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. What a privilege to be able to come here to Lewiston. I think for Cindy and I, this is the first time. So uh, we, we work in some strange places, probably from your perspective, on earth, uh, but this is really strange. So uh, forgive us as we are acclimatizing to this mission field and what it means to be here. But you know what we find is that even though for many, many of us we have never met, uh, we really are brothers and sisters that have been adopted into this incredible family at high price. We belong to the King of Kings. We know him together as Abba Father. And what an amazing thing to be part of his extended family stretching out around the world and to know that uh, he loves us with an undying, unconditional, unfathomable love. And in that love, we have found hope in the midst of hopelessness. We have found light in the midst of darkness. We have found in the midst of fear sometimes. He says to us, fear not. And I don't know what you're in the middle of personally here in Lewiston or if you've come in from the surrounding area. In your life, I don't know what makes up your world. But I find that as Cindy and I are traveling and going to places, and we represent, by the way, what you are doing on the other side of the equator in the South Pacific and Melanesia fields for the Church of the Nazarene, seven island nations, a geographic area larger than the continental United States of America, where you are aggressively at work for the king. And out there, where your work is moving the kingdom of God forward, I find that in many of those places out there, there are people filled with fear. It's for many, many reasons, maybe not the same reasons that we might be filled with fear at times here in Lewiston, but they are filled with fear. Maybe it's because of military mutinies or political upheaval that is unreal. It's incredible in the implications that keep people in uncertainties and many times violence, either natural disasters or political violence or tribal violence or domestic violence with polygamy being the norm in some of the areas where we work or unknown things to our Western world here, but out there what we find is many, many, many times the people that we talk to are filled with fear. And folks, then we find that as we travel here in the United States and in the Western world, in actual fact, many times we are filled with fear here too. We find that the things that we have placed our hope in maybe are not so hopeful the things that we have thought our security lied in, maybe we're not that secure. Maybe it is the politics of the world. Maybe it is the economies of the world. Whatever it is, we find that our hope is not there. Our redemption, our salvation is not there. And what I hear is the word from God Almighty down through the millennia of time, through the prophet Isaiah in the 43rd chapter, when he says to you and me, whether we are out there in the distant tribes of the farthest nation, or right here in Lewiston, his voice clearly proclaims to us personally down through the ages to where we are right now, right here. He says to you and me, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Whatever it is that's filling you with fear, fear not. Because he says, I am your Redeemer. 
Folks, our redemption does not come. Our salvation does not come. Our hope does not come from the things of this world. They will all return to the dust of this world. Our redemption comes from on high. Our hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. There's no hope anywhere else. The hope that we find in anything else is very temporal, very superficial. The only true hope that can ever be found is in one by the name of Jesus. But oh, we can find a hope in Him. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And this morning I represent to you the unbelievable work that you are doing in the far corners of the world. And what we find out there is that this hope in Jesus Christ is alive. It is real. His rock is a solid rock upon which to stand. I come bringing the testimonies of hundreds and of thousands of heroes of the faith, many of them who have literally placed their lives on a regular basis at risk because of this hope, and found that this hope is real. His name is not some abstract, removed name, but He has walked the paths of Galilee and Samaria and Judea, and He meets us where we are. He is a real God, alive, active in our lives. He brings a real hope. And when we are tried, and when we are tested, and when we are refined, He is right there. He is alive and real. And the work of the church is growing exponentially out there. Now, folks, I don't know what you answer when people ask you, if you're a part of this local congregation here, Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene, when people ask you, uh, you know, tell us about your church, I don't know what you answer. So I'm here this morning, hopefully, to help you answer that question if you're uncertain. Because Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene is where it's all at. In the International Church of the Nazarene, we believe that the local Nazarene church is all we've got. That is what the kingdom of God is about. And Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene is about some incredible, incredible things. Just in the few hours that I have been here, I've already been exposed to some of the things that God is doing right here in this area, in the Lewiston area, and across the river, and right here in your communities. God is using you to reach hurting people. God is all about what you are about in the midst of this local church. But you're about much more than that as well as being part of members of the Church of the Nazarene and involved in the work of the Church of the Nazarene. We have believed that from the very, very beginning, if we are serious about this, if this is alive and real, if our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, His Son, is not just religion for a Sunday type of thing, if it is not just academic, if it is not just filling some little cubbyhole of our lives encapsulated in itself, along with our professional life and our home life and our recreational life. We might have our religious life that we go to on Sunday, or if we're really religious, maybe some other time in the week as well. If it's actually more than that to you, in the Church of the Nazarene, we have believed that He wants to become alive inside of us. He wants to be the rock on which we stand and the center of everything that we know, everything that we believe. He wants to become so real that we understand that we become a temple of God's Holy Spirit. He comes and He begins to reside inside of us. He begins to permeate our marriages. 
He begins to change them. He begins to bring hope where humanly there's no hope. He begins to permeate our, our families, our relationships with others. It gets into who we are. It gets into who we are at work. It gets into who we are in our neighborhood. It gets into everything that we are. That's what we believe in the church of the Nazarene. He's not just about redeeming us. He's not just about saving us. He's not just about being what is necessary so that we will not have to spend eternity without him. No, no, no. He's about starting that eternity with him right here, right now. As we learn what it means to make him Lord of our lives. As we learn what it means to really get ourselves off the throne of our lives with his help. And establish him as the king of kings, but also the king of who I am. We begin to realize nothing, nothing can be unaffected by this relationship with the living God of the universe through Jesus Christ. And when we start to realize that in the Church of the Nazarene for over 100 years, we've realized this. We can never keep quiet about it. It's not possible. It's not possible to keep quiet about it. If you keep quiet about it, you don't believe. It's not real. And God is challenging us to make it real with Him. We have to, have to live it out. We've got to take it to our family members that don't know. And let me tell you something that is a whole lot more difficult than talk. And that's living out this unbelievable lordship of God and Christ in our lives. Living it out in ways in which when we're treated unfairly, something is different in how we react. Living it out in ways in which we find that that which separates us from each other begins to come down. Those barriers, those walls start to be removed. We begin to be united in Christ. People that are different. Are you different than your spouse? I don't know about you guys, but Cindy and I are different. Real different. I was born in Africa. I was raised in Africa. My first language is not English. That's my excuse. I find that all men are really different than all women. What is God thinking here? You know what? He's the only hope, but oh, is he hope. He's hope to pull down the barriers to bring healing and unity in the name of Jesus in our marriages and in our families and within our groups and in within our communities. He breaks down geographic barriers. He breaks down language barriers. He breaks down cultural barriers. He breaks down gender barriers. He even breaks down personality barriers. And in the name of Jesus, we begin to realize what it means to be one. One, united, one body, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one God, one Lord who is all about reaching a lost and hurting world and we can't keep quiet about it. We've got to live it out. We've got to take it to our neighborhoods. We've got to take it to Lewiston. There's people out here that don't know him and they don't know the hope that can only be found in him. There's people out there that are searching and searching. They've even known many, many Christians. They've even heard the stories over and over and over, but they've not seen him alive in the life of somebody that's willing to get close to them. And oh, God wants you to get close to them. We can't be quiet with our lives. And that's part of what it means to be part of the Church of the Nazarene for over 100 years. We've believed you would always focus outward. You would never focus inward. Folks, you start to focus inward. It's a death sentence. No, 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 no. This God is focusing outward. 
outward, always outward. He'll take care of the home if we're always focused outward, moving outward across the cities and the states and this country and outward to the ends of the earth. You are involved in mission work and in aggressive expansion of God's kingdom in the furthest parts of this world. So when people ask you, what does it mean to be part of this church, Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene? I hope that you start getting excited and you say, well, let me just tell you about a couple of the ministries we've got. We've got a ministry, you know, deep in the heart of a place called Papua New Guinea. Can you even say that? Folks, Papua New Guinea? Do you know how far that is from here? That is way on the other side of the world. Do you know that of the whole earth, what, 7 billion people, 7,000 million people? The people that do this, I don't know who they are, but the people that do this, they have documented over six thousand languages on earth, 6,000 languages, 7,000 million people. Do you know that in the little country of Papua New Guinea, we have 7 million people? So we have one one thousandth of the world's population in that little island country, one one thousandth. And yet out of the 6,000 languages on earth, that little country of 7 million has over 850 documented different languages. More than one in every 10 languages on earth in a population of one one thousandth of the earth. And guess what? The Church of the Nazarene is vibrantly alive and pushing the kingdom of God. You, your church, is pushing the kingdom of God in some of your ministries deep into the bush of Papua New Guinea. You've got a hospital at a place called Kujip in Jawaka province in Papua New Guinea. Your hospital in Papua New Guinea is ministering in the name of Jesus, bringing hope and healing to between 50 and 60,000 Papua New Guineans every year, some of them walking in over three and four days through the bush and through the mountains and through the tropical jungles, carrying their sick and their dying, and you are ministering them to them in the name of Jesus. That's part of your ministries out there. Folks, it's part of what God's using you with as he reaches a hurting world out there. You say, Harmon, what does it look like? What does it look like? Sometime back, I was together with Quentin, my 16-year-old son. Uh, we were We were working through one of the wards there at your hospital, your Nazarene hospital in Papua New Guinea. I looked for you and you weren't there on that day. Come visit us. We'll put you to work. This is one of the things that we do. We work our way down through the wards. And I was working my way down through the left side, the beds that were stacked up there. And, and Dr. Jim Radcliffe, folks, he's one of your Nazarene doctors out there. Dr. Jim Radcliffe, I just got a report before I left. He, in this last 12 months, performed over 1,200 surgeries. He is a world-class surgeon our chief surgeon at your hospital out there in Papua New Guinea. He does anything because if he doesn't do it, they will die. And Dr. Jim Radcliffe also, by the way, is a passionate, passionate follower and believer in Christ. He loves God with all of his heart, pouring himself together with eight other Nazarene doctors Every day, all day, at your Nazarene hospital. So Dr. Jim Radcliffe, he's working his way down the right-hand side uh, with those beds down the ward. I'm working my way with Quentin down the left side, and I get a few beds down, 
And a lady, a young Papua New Guinean lady, beckons to me to, to please come. And so I, I get in there between the seats uh, or between the, the benches and I sit down on the, on the bed and I begin through my interpreter who's now sitting on this bed. The beds are close together. He's sitting on this bed and I begin to, to talk to her and she says, I, I, I want you to tell me about this Jesus. She has never heard the name Jesus before today. She says, you, you, you men just shared that this Jesus loves me. Who is he? Where does he live? What village does he live in? And why would he love me? He has never met me. And so as I was trying to respond to her, I realized something was a little strange and I realized I was sitting where her right leg should be. And I saw that her leg was missing. And so through the interpreter, I found out what had happened. And she, like many, many people in Papua New Guinea, she's part of a family where there is more than one wife. Polygamy is normal there. And her husband had attacked her the day before with a machete. And she'd lost her leg. Dr. Jim, on the other aisle there, he had managed to save her life. And she was, I was sitting where her leg should be. And the interpreter, as he's explaining this to me and talking back and forth, he says, and this one over here, her na- this one's name is Betty, and she is one of three wives. And wife number, no, wife number one held her down as wife number three stabbed her seven times. But it looks like she's going to live. And so we worked with them quite some time and prayed with them and then moved on. Uh, they were, they were, I, I remember looking at Betty in this bed next to me here, and I remember seeing that her face was hardened. She she was angry with the whole world. Folks, you can imagine why. She 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 was filled with fear. Her whole world was coming apart at the seams. She had been stabbed seven times. And after what we found out was that after it looked like she was going to live, her husband from the village many mountains away sent word after he heard that she might live, she, he sent word saying, Betty, Betty, if you come back to the village, I will personally kill you. In the days ahead, as the days went by, I talked to Dr. Jim Radcliffe, and Dr. Jim Radcliffe said that he'd been spending quite a bit of time praying with Betty. And eventually, about a week, two weeks later, he told me, he was excited, he told me, he said, Harmon, listen, I was able to, to lead Betty to the Lord and into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Betty realized that there is only one place to find hope. And Harmon, you, you gotta come see. You literally can see the change in her demeanor. You can see the change in her face. She's not the same woman. The fear is gone. She is learning to walk and learning to know the one who says to her, fear not, fear not. In the midst of a world that is tumultuous, in the midst of not having any answers, in the midst of uncertainties, in the midst of violence, in the midst of no answers at all and nothing but questions, he says to you, fear not. She's learning to trust him. And after a while, I was getting ready to head out of Kujip Nazarene Mission Station. It's a compound that you have in the middle of that country where we, our population on the Nazarene Mission Station is over 600 with our hospital and our nurses training college and the missionaries there. And I was heading out through the gate and Dr. Jim came running out. It was a couple weeks later. He said, Harmon, Harmon, did you hear that Betty is healed up? She's going to make it. 
She's alive. She's going to make it. And man, that radiance, it's just alive. God's alive in her. And, and this morning I saw her checking out of the hospital. And Dr. Jim said, I, I asked her, I said, Betty, wait a minute. Where, where are you going? Betty says, I'm, I'm going back to my village. I'm going back to my village. I've got to tell them about this Jesus who loves them so much. And, and Dr. Jim said, but I, I thought your husband said that if you come back, he will personally kill you. She says, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. There's nothing can stop me because of what Jesus is coming to mean to me. Folks, this is a real Jesus. This is a real God who really, really loves, really does bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. It's part of the ministries of Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene out there at the ends of the earth where God is using you to push the frontiers of his kingdom and nothing, nothing will stop it. People say, Harmon, Harmon, listen, what about all of the turmoil? What about the financial crashes and crises around the world over these last years? People are retrenching. People are pulling back. What's happening with the mission work of the International Church of the Nazarene? And I think about that. I think about that out there. I think about that as we're making decisions. I think about that as we watch what God is doing and the visions that he's giving us and the way in which he's leading and guiding us. And I remember back over more than 100 years of our history in the Church of the Nazarene in missions out there. And I realized that year after year after year, decade after decade after decade, down through this more than one century that has come and gone, many, many, many times, over and over, the world has been in crisis. Do you remember reading about World War I? Do you remember World War II? Do you remember the Great Depression? And over and over and over, the Church of the Nazarene as an instrument in God's hand, it has been there. And over and over and over, what we have heard is maybe this is the time. Maybe we need to go ahead and put some of our mission ministries on ice. Maybe we need to think about pulling back and what we have realized every single time without exception is that this is not a god of ice this is a god of fire this is a god who will not be stopped this is not a god of corporate decisions or human business plans and how to move his kingdom forward it's his kingdom it's not your kingdom it's not my kingdom it's his kingdom his name is yahweh he will build his kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and if I understand it correctly, he's searching. He's looking. He's looking today in Lewiston. He's looking and he's searching for just one. Just one. One of us that will decide, will, will not play the games. We are, we are serious, Lord. Lord, Lord, we will, we will worship you in spirit and in truth. We will pour out ourselves with abandonment by faith, oh God. We want you to be Lord and God of our lives. He's looking for that individual. And when he finds that individual, if I understand scripture correctly, when God finds that individual, that individual can be an instrument in God's hand to put 1,000 of the enemy to flight. That's what I understand. That's pretty amazing. I want to say publicly right now, that's the desire of my heart. I, I desire with everything that I am to be one of those individuals. I want to be used of God Almighty, the creator God of the universe. I want to be used of him, an instrument in his hand, somehow to bring him glory, somehow to put 1,000 of the enemy to flight. He says he will honor that. He says he will do it. But folks, do you know what he says he will do if two of us could get together? 
It's tough for us humans sometimes. The enemy does everything he can, everything he can to keep us divided. Oh, ridiculous things the enemy is able to use sometimes. But if we are able to see a God who loves us beyond and through that, if we are able to focus on him, and if we are one that are serious about responding to him, and if there is another one, he says one of you can put 1,000 of the enemy to flight, but two of you, two of you could put 10,000 of the enemy to flight. Folks, how many is three going to do? I'm not real swift with math, but folks, look around. Start counting how many we got here at Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene here this morning. What could God do if we really, really got serious about Him? Forget anything else. Focus on Him. Lord, unite us. Unite us through the blood of Christ. Unite us in the name of Jesus, that Jesus would be exalted, that He would build His kingdom. Let us be whatever You want us to be. Let us do whatever You want us to do. Let us go wherever You want us to go, Lord. Whatever it looks like, we will follow You, O Lord. And not alone, not alone, because he didn't intend for his body to be separated out and function all by itself. Oh, this is a body that works together good. In its differences, it can function with Christ as the head like nothing we can imagine. And when two get together, and then three get together, and then four get together, the demons of hell begin to shake because the king of kings is doing something humanly impossible. That's what you are a part of right here, and that's what you are a part of around the world as God is using you to push His kingdom forward to the ends of the age. What an amazing God we have. You say, Harmon, what does it look like? What does it look like in the middle of all of the financial struggles and all? Harmon, how can we not be moving forward? Let me give you a tiny, tiny glimpse of some of what I've been exposed to, what I've seen personally myself, because the, the budgetary things are real. The money stuff is real. And so we bring faith up next to it and we don't know what to do. Well, I, Cindy and I are privileged to be able to journey with some heroes of the faith. Journey with some people that are teaching us a kind of faith that before we really didn't know. We're learning about the kind of faith. It's your people out there. And some of your people out there have never been here. You know that. This kingdom is a huge kingdom. It's vitally dependent on you and what you are doing as you respond to God. That is a direct thing that affects the outcome of this kingdom. But what he's doing is amazing. And one of those places that we've seen this is the kingdom of Tonga, a tiny, tiny island nation right in the middle of the South Pacific. The Pacific Ocean is the largest expanse of water on earth where God has called us. And in the kingdom of Tonga, right in the middle there, you have an amazing ministry. God began to work in the hearts of Nazarenes, Doc and Charmaine Oles from up here in Washington State and others. God began to call them to the kingdom of Tonga and lay on their hearts a burden not to, not to start creating and building and expanding a church development program and, and church planting program in some of the traditional manners, but instead God specifically called them to find hurting people. Folks, do you know that there's hurting people around that God wants to reach in the name of Jesus? And what they discovered was that in the kingdom of Tonga, in their traditions and in their culture, when someone was born into the family with disabilities, they believed that that was a direct result of a curse. And so there was incredible shame 
connected to having kids with disabilities. So traditionally in the kingdom of Tonga, they would hide their children with disabilities. Year after year after year. You can imagine what that resulted in. God began to lay on the heart of Dawkins Charmaine and other Nazarenes that he wanted them to find these people and find their families and just love them in the name of Jesus. Love them with a kind of love that had no, no conditions at all and begin to communicate to them that, that even with the disabled kids, those kids were made in the image of Yahweh. The creator God of the universe created them and breathed life into them and they were made in the image of God. In the image of God. They could teach us something of God that nobody else could teach us. They were loved by God so much, so real, so deeply that 2,000 years ago there was a cross, a Roman cross that proved God's love for that tiny disabled child. Dawkins Charmaine began to find them and God began to build a ministry. Folks, one day they went to one house that they had heard about through word of mouth and they knocked on the door and and two very cautious parents opened the door to the shack of a house and they came inside and they began to share and it took them almost one hour to begin to break down the barriers and share with them their love and their hope that could be found through this amazing love of a God that really cares and eventually they invited them to come into the back room a tiny, tiny closet of a back room. And there they introduced them to their 14-year-old boy who had cerebral palsy and a couple other things in a fetal position, completely atrophied on the ground in the corner of that room. That young boy had never seen the outside of that room, never mind the house, since the day he was born in that room over 14 years before. And God began to use Nazarenes. This is part of your ministries, folks. God began to use Nazarenes to share with that little boy and with his family that this is an amazing God, a God who loves without conditions, a God whose love is real, a God who can take hopeless situations, a God who can take fear in the midst of it and whisper, fear not, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. A God whose love is not abstract, but a God who walked the paths of Galilee and Samaria and Judea. A God who we understand through Isaiah was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we, the people of earth, did not esteem this God when he came to earth. And yet our sins and our griefs he bore, he carried our sorrows himself, and yet we esteemed him stricken and afflicted, smitten by God. And he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. This is an amazing God. This is not an abstract God. This is a God who finds us in our conditions wherever they are. And oh, he brings unfathomable hope, real transformation. I want to tell you today that home that Dawkins Charmaine found many, many years ago is completely transformed. It is bright. It is alive with the love of God and the transforming work that can only happen through this God. That is multiplied time and time again. You are ministering to 94 families a week in the kingdom of Tonga. So the other day, I'm over there in Tonga and I ask In Kwan Kim, your missionaries there, by the way, are Korean Nazarenes from Korea, 
who we found in New Zealand, and we took them to Tonga. They've never even been to the United States. You know, this is a big church. God, God knows what he's doing. And we found these people in, in New Zealand, and God began to bring it together that they were the people to lead up the ministry for the Church of the Nazarene for the Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene in the kingdom of Tonga. We have for you, you know, we have for you Korean Nazarenes we found in New Zealand doing your work in the kingdom of Tonga. And so a while back, these, these are heroes of the faith. These are incredible people of faith, and they teach Cindy and I so much. And the other day, Cindy and I are there, and we were saying to Inkwan and John Shook, we said, listen, um, wow, God is really working. This ministry is expanding. Well, how can we pray with you? What are some of your needs? And so he said, well, we need a rehab building, and it's probably going to cost around $50,000. I said, well, Inquan, you know, there's, there's, there's not any money. The money thing is a big problem around the world. He said, no, no, no. You asked me how I can, you can partner with me in prayer. I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking you to partner with me in prayer. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, Inquan. Yeah, uh, yeah. How can we pray with you? He wasn't asking for money. He says, well, just let's pray. Let's together agree whether God is really leading this way. And if he is, that he would provide. Either we believe or we don't believe. And if we believe, and if this really is God's kingdom, and it's God's work, and he wants this to happen, he's waiting to listen. He's listening for us, and he will make it happen. I said, yes, yes, Inquan, we are going to pray with you. Absolutely, yes, we left. Praying sometimes. Folks, sometimes this faith thing is not easy. Sometimes the reality of this world crashes in on us and Satan tries to use us to make us cynical about this God. But Inquan and relationships with people like that help us. About three weeks later, Inquan says to me, hey, Harmon, are you praying? Oh, yes, 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 that's right, Inquan, I'm praying. Yes, I'm praying. Cindy, what were we supposed to be praying about? Okay, yeah, yeah, pray, 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 pray. So a while later, about a month later, Cindy and I went back to the kingdom of Tonga. Because it's out in the middle of the ocean, the airplane flights are, are late in the middle of the night, sometimes midnight, one o'clock in the morning. We land there at midnight, and Inkwan and John Shook are there to pick us up. And he says to me, he says, Harmon, listen, I'm sorry, but can you wait an hour and a half together with us here at the airport? It's about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour from where we stay at the Nazarene Center there. He says, can we wait here at the, at the airport because 1.30, 2 o'clock, there's a special flight coming in with the ambassador from Korea and he wants to meet with you. Okay, why not? Middle of the night, the, the night's already ruined. So we stayed. 2 o'clock in the morning, here comes a special flight. Ambassador! Well, folks, I don't, I'm not used to this. This is impressive with me. I'm hoping somebody's taking pictures or something. But there's nobody out there at 2 a.m. in the morning taking pictures. And so they got this little room specially set aside for us. And the ambassador sits there and Inquan is there and I'm there. And the ambassador to the South Pacific Island Nations from the country of South Korea says to me, he says, Brother Harmon, I understand that there are amazing things happening through your Nazarene work here in the kingdom of Tonga. It is incredible. Hurting people are actually having their lives changed and transformed and hope is coming. And we want, from the South Korean government, we want to just encourage you and be a part of it. Here you go. And he hands over a check for 50,000 American dollars. Folks, it's not our kingdom. God is building his kingdom. He will make a way. So we built the building. And a few months later, I came back and I said to Inquan, I said, Inquan, listen, man, this is incredible. God's amazing. Look what he's done. The work is expanding. What else can we pray with you about? Now, I'm learning. I'm a slow learner. 
So it takes a while, but I'm learning. And so Hinkle says, Harmon, listen, my back's about shot. We got this old Mazda van that's just breaking down, literally held together with wire. We've had it forever there. It is worth probably a complete $400 on the open market if we get a good price. And Inquan says, listen, Harmon, I have to pick up these, these disabled kids. And some of the disabled kids are not young anymore. We've got some 30 and up to 40 year olds and the Tongans uh, can be big. And he says, my back is really, really, it's, it's messed up. I'm really having a lot of pain. I said, well, what do we need? He says, we need one of those vans with, you know, what would really be, really be nice is with a hydraulic thing on the back and we could get wheelchairs in and get, get those wheelchairs up and strap them down. Oh, oh, that would be really nice. I said, okay, well, we don't have any money, but let's pray. Let's pray. Yes, let's pray. He says, let's pray for that one. So Cindy and I go back. This time we're actually praying about this. See, we learn, we learn. God's patient with us. He'll be patient with us. So we're learning, Lord, Lord, how on earth? We, we, we Google. Do you know that we have Google out there? We Google how much would it cost to get a Toyota van from Japan, where they, they're making them, all the way down to New Zealand, get it outfitted with the hydraulic lifts, and then get it shipped up to the island nation of Tonga. Well, guess how much? $87,000. Well, you might as well tell me $87 million. I don't have, we're, the money's coming, getting cut back. So it's hard to pray. Lord, you know that there's no possible way. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, Lord, sorry. You are God. This is your kingdom. Yes, yes, I believe that. Lord, if it's, if it's, and then all the excuses, no. Lord, please, we need a van in the kingdom of Tonga. We need one of those hydraulic lift things in the back of the van. We need it up there. Four weeks later, right at four weeks later, an anonymous donor gave, guess how much? for a van in the island nation of Tonga. Now, how, how, how strange is that? And he gave, I don't even know who it is, but it was outside the United States, I know that. It was somebody from Asia Pacific. $87,000, a check for $87,000. God's building his kingdom. So as this is happening, we go to the next trip back. Now we're kind of excited because we're thinking, hey, 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 we're learning, we're learning, we're learning how to pray. And so, Inquan is, you know, he's explaining about the expansion of the work and everything. He says, Harmon, we've outgrown this property here. We really need another piece of land or something. But, you know, these people were serious about their land. They're identified with their land. They never give their land away. Let's pray for land. So we start to pray. Two weeks later, the landowner, which is part of the royal family, they call them nobles. The landowner comes to the Nazarene Center and he says, listen, listen, I've got this piece of land right next to you here. Would you like it? Um... Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. Now, I can't give it to you in the kingdom of Tonga, but we'll lease it for you for 99 years at $50 a year. See, that? that's where your money goes, folks, the $50 a year so that we can get the land for 99 years. It's a good investment. And so, but, oh, we had a problem. Between us and that piece of land next to us is a road. And the roads were part of this Master plan from years and years ago. Nobody can change the roads. What are we going to do, Inquan? We really, Inquan says, Harmon, listen, that's great. That's wonderful. God did a good job, but he missed something here. What did he miss, Inquan? Well, we've got this road between here. We really need to pray. Four days later, the parliament 
for the kingdom of Tonga gathered together in special session and cut that road off and gave the road to us so that we have the land and the road more than doubling our size with the new van, with the building. God's building his kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's his ministry. He's the one that died because he hurt so much for those hurting people. And he's looking for people that will minister and love them in the name of Jesus. And as we love them and as we see Jesus in them, they begin to realize this God is alive. He is real. And oh, there is hope that can only be found in him. What an amazing God. These are some of your incredible ministries that you have out there. This last week, we flew two of your Nazarene doctors. I understand one of them was here not all that long ago, Dr. Becky Morsh, who heads up our CBHC, Community-Based Healthcare Program for the Church of the Nazarene in Melanesia and South Pacific. We flew her and Dr. Steph, another Nazarene missionary doctor, by helicopter to the Hewa tribe. It was a combined partnership between us and Samaritan's Purse and New Tribes Mission, I think. At least those three of us. We all got together and we flew them and some others to the Hewa tribe. The reason we had to fly them by helicopter into the Hewa tribe of Papua New Guinea was because of the violence, the tribal fighting between us and the Hewa tribe. There was no way to get there through that violence. So, hey, we used a helicopter. We got over the violence and landed there. The reason we sent them there is because the Hewa tribe in Papua New Guinea is infamous for one thing. It has the highest infant mortality rate of any group in the world. 84%. Between 8 and 9 of every, every child, out of 10 of them, 8 or 9 of them, of every child that's born, die. God is using Lewiston Nazarene Church to reach the Hewa tribe with two things. Number one, the fears, the traditional beliefs that have kept them in bondage for lifetimes and generations will continue to keep them in bondage unless they are introduced to one by the name of Jesus. He came to set the captives free. And two, He's also provided incredible resources for learning and educating medically help and how to reach them together with your people that you send out there. That's another one of your ministries that's happening. Folks, I don't have the time to even give you a tiny bit other than just this glimpse of your ministries out there. Thank you for allowing us the privilege of representing Lewiston First Church of the Nazarene in the Melanesia and South Pacific fields out there God is expanding his work so fast, so seriously. The enemy fights, so what? We knew he was going to fight. He's already lost. He lost 2,000 years ago, three and a half years ago when Cindy and I changed our responsibilities and became field strategy coordinator for those two fields. We moved our base from the place where we had gotten to know Cliff, your pastor, in Fiji. We still were working in Fiji and over Fiji, but we moved our home base from there to the depths of Papua New Guinea. And we had at that time about 16 or 17 Nazarene churches. We had worked to really establish these Nazarene churches, 16, 17 of them. And when I realized I needed to move our home base away, I was filled with a little bit of fear. Because, you know, we, these are precious. We own them. We think that they're dependent on us. We are concerned about how are they going to manage without us. That was three and a half years ago, 16, 17 churches. Folks, today they have 64 churches. I should have moved out earlier. 
don't we forget that's not our kingdom. It's God's kingdom. It's his business. And he will build his kingdom. He's just looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And in truth, by faith, abandoning to him. And then he responds. And he responds to the power of God as he builds his kingdom. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's what you're about. And you've given us the privilege of representing you all the way out there. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you.